Welcome to NatSec Tech, a podcast from the Special Competitive Studies Project. I'm Jean Meserve. SCSP recently released a special edition report, Generative AI, the Future of Innovation Power. It included memos to government officials laying out specific recommendations for action on generative AI. I'm going to be joined in six episodes of NatSec Tech by members of the SCSP team for summaries of those memos. To read the full report, all you have to do is visit scsp.ai. Today, generative AI and intelligence. With me to discuss is William Chip Usher, Senior Director for Intelligence at the Special Competitive Studies Project. He served 32 years at the Central Intelligence Agency and was a member of the Senior Intelligence Service with expertise on East Asia, the Near East, and Eurasia. Great to have you with us. Good to be here, Jean. The intelligence memo in this report says because of AI, specifically generative AI, we are on the threshold of, quote, the next era of intelligence. Can you briefly give us the bottom line? So we are living in a hyper-connected, data-driven world these days. The volume of information that anyone in the national security and intelligence space has to contend with in order to uh, confer advantage to whatever nation they represent is vast. It's estimated that this year alone, the planet's going to generate 120 zettabytes of data. I had to look that up. That's two to the 70th power or a billion terabytes of information. It's, it's mind boggling. And in 2025, that figure is expected to grow to 180 zettabytes. In the face of all this, the U.S. intelligence community's mission remains the same as it ever has been. It's there to confer advantage to U.S. policymakers, but the rules of the game are changing. It is no longer just a matter of who can collect the most secrets, but about who can access, exploit, and derive meaningful insight from the world's vast data sphere sphere the fastest. So here's where generative AI and the other forms of artificial intelligence can play a key role. As the technology matures, these large language models will make it easier and faster for IC experts to generate insight across a wider array of data sets than humans can do alone. And I can give you a couple of examples about where we're going to see this. Go right ahead. Okay, so one of these is disinformation. We're all very focused on election security. The United States and other nations will be facing elections in the coming year. Uh, we know that disinformation is going to be a key test for our democracy. Already, we're seeing evidence of uh, hackers from the People's Republic of China who are using generative AI to create fake content. There's a group called Spamiflage that did this in just the past year. What our election defenders and our cyber defenders are going to be using in the future, they're already started, is using AI to detect patterns of fake content proliferating across the internet. So pretty soon there's going to be this escalatory ladder where bad actors are using generative AI to create fake content and defenders are finding it and trying to quash it using competing AI tools. Another uh, couple, uh, another arena real quick is in the area of providing warning, either strategic warning or, or tactical warning using openly available information. 
Our intelligence community, to its great credit, was able to provide the president with advance warning when the Russians were preparing to invade or reinvade Ukraine uh, about a year and a half ago. But the intelligence community wasn't alone in reaching that conclusion. There were some commercial companies that were able to exploit various data streams available to anyone, commercially available information, in some cases publicly available information, to ascertain that the Russians were mobilizing for what appeared to be a large military maneuver. They nailed it almost to the day. So you have written a memo as part of this report. What specifically are you recommending the federal government do to address the challenges and opportunities here? So I think the president of the United States needs to ask the IC to do three things with regard to generative AI. One, it needs to understand the capabilities of foreign actors to use generative AI and what their intentions are for doing so. The second, the IC needs to protect its own data holdings and its own sensitive sources and methods from attacks from our adversaries who are going to be using AI against us. And the third is it needs to start experimenting and using and deploying generative AI tools to increase the efficiency and the capabilities of the IC itself. Now, the IC is no stranger to AI. It's it's been focused on this technology for many years and is already moving out on these first two requirements. And I don't want to get into what the IC is doing collection-wise against foreign adversaries in this forum. But I do want to focus on the third, because the application, the diffusion of AI tools is still a bit uneven across the IC. There are some agencies, particularly the ones that are heavily involved in technical collection, NSA, the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, and CIA, they're out out in front. They're thinking deeply about how Gen AI could impact their mission and are trying some things, but it's not the same across all 18 agencies. And there are really two reasons for that. One is the IC, because it needs to protect its systems, takes a very conservative approach to acquiring and deploying new technologies. One only has to look back uh, a few short years to the Snowden leaks or the Vault 7 leaks, where the IC got burned badly when its systems were penetrated or revealed. So it takes a very conservative approach to to how it acquires and diffuses technologies. And there's also some pretty steep ingrained culture that the IC has to how it tackles problems that also needs to adapt. You know, just by way of example, the IC by tradition, and because of the nature of its successes of the last 70 years, you know, it tends to prioritize secrets over openly available information. It also tends to emphasize collection over analysis. And this is seen in the distribution of its budgets and where it puts most of its people. But generative AI's promise of being able to unlock the power of large data sets means that the IC should re-examine some of these cultural mores so they can maintain its relevance and utility to policymakers. Do you recommend that these changes be undertaken with urgency? I do, because the, the pace of the development of this technology is so rapid. Just think about it. It's only about a year ago that generative AI first burst on the scene 
with ChatGPT, and now we're already looking at the second, third generation of ChatGPT and many of these other tools. So the pace at which this is uh, evolving is incredibly fast. Uh, the second is our adversaries aren't sitting on their hands. China has its own large language models. And as I spoke to earlier, we've seen evidence of PRC-related bad actors already using it for malign purposes. So we do think that the IC needs to act with some urgency to get ahead of the curve. And here we're recommending that they take a couple of steps. That the Director of National Intelligence appoints someone to be held accountable for how well the IC deploys AI tools. We loosely refer to this as an implementation lead. This could be somebody in an existing senior position or it could be someone new, but you know, a single point where the, the IC can come together uh, and report back to the DNI and to the president as to how well they're doing. And they should think uh, upfront about how they're going to use AI uh, in terms of its capability and guardrails. Large language models, by their very nature, tend to employ a lot of personal data, right? It's built from the internet. So when you think of ChatGPT or BARD or any of these other tools, they're learning from the vast information available on the internet. This could be uh, problematic for the IC, which has uh, existing barriers to using private information on US citizens. This data is an, uh, anonymized, but the IC needs clear direction and clear authority from the White House and from Congress that it's able to do this. As it begins to think about which tools to use, it's going to face some tension. There's going to be pressure to, well, let's just use BARD or one of these other tools, and we'll just kind of make use of it in the open arena with openly available information. We won't let it touch our systems. There's going to be counter pressures, though, to deploy the algorithms, the tools against IC data holdings. But the challenge there is those data holdings are often bifurcated into separate compartments. So it needs to figure out a way to, to manage uh, those tensions that will get the maximal benefit from generative AI. And we encourage the IC to tackle the privacy issues right up front and also to give an eye towards how we're going to partner with our allies uh, around the world that also are looking at generative AI tools and intelligence. So our close friends like the Brits, the Japanese, uh, others, they will bring capabilities to the table and we want to partner with them so that there isn't a great disparity between what I, our IC can do and what theirs can in the struggle against autocracies. Thank you for joining us, William Chip Usher, Senior Director for Intelligence at the Special Competitive Studies Project. A reminder, you can access the Intelligence Memo and the full report at scsp.ai. You have been listening to NatSec Tech from the Special Competitive Studies Project. I'm Jean Meserve. Thanks for joining us and take care.